What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams and GP. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, GP. How are we this morning? Good morning. Amazing. Amazing. I can't believe you're actually here, GP. I didn't think we were going to see you today. And you're going to be popping well, in late this afternoon, some... but you're not going to yeah, be I'm there the whole day. Yeah, I've been going to be testing some gear today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got gear to test. Yeah, gear to test. Is this mm-hmm. is this gear that I asked you to test that you're going to get over to me so I can get profiles built? Is that what it is? Uh, Yeah, that's totally what it is. I'm Absolutely. picking up on your sarcasm, GP. I'm, I'm picking up on your sarcasm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. As I, I can see how focused you are over there this morning. Yeah. All right. Let's start with some. Uh, let's start with some phone taps. Okay. We have a Fourth Amendment in the United States, and that requires. We do. Or, yeah. It, well, we, we we were supposed to until the advent <laughs> of the uh, the TSA or the Department of Homeland Security. So I we I guess we really don't have a Fourth Amendment anymore. But on paper, we do. Which brings us to the point that we need to talk about. So uh, the phones of some of the uh, mostly peaceful protesters were being tapped. And so, OK, look, if you have a if you have a warrant, fine. I, I have no problem with that. If you've got a warrant. OK, great. Did they have a warrant in this case? First of all, why were they doing it? I'm assuming because they were trying to gather intel on their, their criminal activity with the mostly peaceful protests. So I'm assuming that's where it started. But OK, so right there, you've got the probable cause. But then they go to the court, they get a warrant, and then they tap the phone. Is that how they've done it? Or is that not how they've done it? Unfortunately, a lot of the article is about a hit piece saying uh, more or less uh, painting the picture that this was such a terrible horrendous act when uh, federal troops were in unmarked vehicles and were not properly identifying themselves when they grabbed up Portland protesters. And uh, all the videos I've seen, by the way, they were in unmarked vehicles, but the people in the vehicles were clearly law enforcement. It was very clear they had police and I mean, they had all the the identifiers on them to to point you to, hey, that, that that's law enforcement, right? Um, and they were in tactical gear, grabbed the guy, threw him in the van, went off and took him to uh, a holding facility. Honestly, I'm not for tapping phones, right? Right. I'm, I'm not for any of that kind of stuff. However, when you have a very clear uh, case, warrant, whatever, that this this probable, I mean, they have probable cause here. They were tapping the phones of these protest organizers uh, and going after the problematic ones that are instigating the riots, um, the Antifa types, the BLM types. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm talking the ones that have actually been trained and taught how to instigate things. We, we've gone over those videos on on those specific rioters um, that are very organized and, and have a, a structure and system to burning cars or um, destroying buildings to, you know, burn them down, you know, those kind of things. That's who the, these, these law enforcement were targeting and in fact, tapping their phones of. So even, even if, man, this one, this one's tough because these are, these are terrorists. So it technically falls under the Patriot Act, technically, because it, it, they're terrorists. They just happen to be domestic. So I, I, I don't know. I'd have to look into the Patriot Act again to see if they, they clarify 
foreign terrorist or domestic terrorist. Uh, but it's it's a tough one because I want the I want the Fed to come in hard on these guys, but I I want it to be done correctly, legally, you know, constitutionally. Yeah, yeah. That that's the hardest part in all this is is maintaining a a level of integrity where you don't compromise yourself. You don't you don't put yourself to that level because we know that if it was if the shoe was on the other foot, right? Let, let's just reverse all this. Let's say that you had the uh, the hard left in power and there were people out there in the streets protesting and uh, well, excuse me, rioting like these people are doing. You know that they wouldn't hold back on any of this stuff. They wouldn't hold back on any of this. They they wouldn't they wouldn't waste their time with the formalities of it, shall we say. They would do whatever they needed to do in order to uh, suppress that possible uprising. But because we have people that like to, um, shall we say, um, uphold the law justly, uh, they don't compromise. And so that's why I say we, we need to uh, we need to stay focused on the bigger thing here, which is if you stick to the rule of law, you stick to the laws that are on the books and you don't create the law out of whole cloth like a lot of people on the opposite end try to do and the extremes, for that matter, try to do. Um, if you do that, then you maintain your integrity and you become better than what you're actually fighting against. You don't stoop to that level. Uh, so we, we don't need to go there. We don't need to go there. We need to enforce the laws that we have on the books. We need to do it with some, uh, you know, a sense of civility, a sense of, of professionalism. And, and we need to take these people down. And it needs to be done legally, just like you said, just like you said. So we, we need to maintain our um, um, our stature when we go through all that stuff. We need we need to do it in in the, the manner that um, that the court system allows. And you have to do it within the legal structure. Did we mention uh, at all this week that Barr has designated New York, Portland and Seattle as anarchist jurisdictions? Um, and he was also encouraging these um, cities, well, federal prosecutors in general. To, to charge these violent rioters with sedition. Honestly, I think that that's a that's a good route to take is that's literally they're literally trying to overthrow the government. They're literally trying to burn the system down. Even our politicians are saying that. So, yeah, sedition. Yeah. Hit them up with it. So, yeah, I, I just I, I would prefer them do it constitutionally, you know, get the warrants to go in and do the bugs which apparently uh, how they were doing it, it's a little bit different than it was kind of back in the day. So what these guys are doing is actually when they're arrested, they're actually taking the phone and cloning the phone. And there's like a, a second second copy of the phone, if you will. So anytime a text message or something goes to that number, it goes to both phones or, or you know, the clone and the original. They don't know anything about it, like, like the... Um, the person with the original. It's almost a more sophisticated way of like cloning a pager like you used to be able to do back in the day. Uh, you can clone yeah. people's phones and you actually you mirror the calls and and, and stuff. It's just yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting how they do that. Uh, let's move on to let me see. OK, we're talking about that. Florida. Yeah, let's do Florida because Flor- Florida kind of ties into that. Ron DeSantis has come out and put together a uh, an anti rioting piece of legislation. Uh, and he's now um, he's created a um, his own version of the Riot Act, essentially, is what he's done. Florida is off the table. Uh, you're just not coming here. And that's that's that was a quote from um, DeSantis himself. On Monday, uh, he unveiled the Combating Violence, Disorder and Looting and Law Enforcement Protection Act. Uh, the proposed legislation appears to be aimed at both deterring rioters and looters and protecting law enforcement against punitive action for defending themselves and public order, as well as non-police citizens acting in self-defense. You know what that means, right? 
In terms of deterring rioters, the legislation would target violent assemblies, destruction of monuments, blocking of public roadways, and harassing of citizens, all rampant behavior of Antifa and BLM mobs that have gone undeterred and unpunished until now. It's about time. This needs to be done in all 50 states. All 50 states. So another, uh, the non-police citizens bit, I don't remember which state it was. It was the veteran that had a business and some protesters, I think it was a pawn shop, and there was uh, three BLM guys that were trying to break in and went to attack the guy and knocked him on the ground. He shot two warning shots and two of the guys ran off. And then a third guy came in and jumped him and started pummeling him. And the the veteran was able to get one round off and it killed him. It, it killed the, the, the guy that was beating him. All self-defense. Court basically said they weren't going to um, even they, they threw the case out. They were like, this is self-defense. Very clear. There's no charges. None of that. Well, under pressure, the um, I don't know if it was the DA or whoever it was, uh, created a special committee or something that basically indicted him and were, were charging him with like uh, murder, all kinds of stuff. Right. They were they were charging him with uh, attempted murder for the other two guys and all kind. I mean, the veteran committed suicide instead of having his life destroyed by this court. And I so. In other words, this legislation that would protect citizens and self-defense, good, do it. We, we know all these actions that are being taken are causing more problems than they're uh, than they're actually solving, right? The uh, how how was it? It was put in the beginning. The cure can't be worse than the disease. Well, guess what? Cure is worse than the disease. So uh, we need to take punitive action in order to reduce this um, fallout, shall we say? But I don't know of any other way to to go about this, but. Uh, Taking of your own life—that uh, that's never the that's never the answer. I don't care what the scenario is. I don't think, uh, but that's that's not something that I, I that I think is uh, is an option. I mean that that's like the only option yeah. that's off the table. Uh, but especially to be in all fair this. though, the guy was a veteran number one, and he was suffering from PTSD. So I mean, he already had um, you know mental issues there, and uh, that that uh, the topic for another time. I I don't think the the VA is doing enough to help our veterans that are suffering from those things. They just keep pushing pills towards them and not trying to to you know find other means to to help them. And uh, that honestly could have been one of the scenarios. His business was already destroyed, uh, not only probably from riots, but because of the COVID lockdowns. Um, so I mean, in that case. I can see why he did it, but I agree. It's it's it, that's never that's not that's not a good good solution. Not for a temporary problem. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. You know something? Let, let's talk a little bit of tech. GP just slid back over. What do you got, GP? Nothing. I would say you said tech. Got my yeah. interest. All right. Facebook <laughs> claims to have helped 2.1 million people register to vote so far this year. Their target goal is 4 million by November 3rd. Facebook is taking an interest in making people register to vote. Gee, I wonder which way they're going to have people register. I wonder, because if you look at the way that they're. I'll tell you right now. I guess leaning. Ready? Yeah, go, go ahead. Yeah, go on. Let's go. Ready? Ready? Anytime. I'm going to take a bet. I'm going to take a oh. bet and say left. You're going to say I'm, left? You're I'm absolutely gonna say left. correct. I'm going to say left. I mean, if you look at the that's, way that, the, yeah, look at their attitude. They say that they are, they're already saying. Congratulations on registering for the Democratic Party. Congratulations for Denver. Okay. All right. They, they yeah, already say well. that if you, if you are in favor of, uh, uh, you know, I, basically what they're saying is if you're in favor of a Trump victory on election night, if you put out something for a winner on election night, then they're going to either take your post down 
or they're going to correct it for you and make sure that it goes out. Letting people know that there is not a declared winner. There is not a consensus. They're very clear on their stance. GP, are you registering to vote right now? Is that what you're doing? Yes. I'm uh, actually looking to see who, uh, what other people have been guided to vote. Because it, it, it's funny how they, it's, it really pushes your narrative, you know, because I'm out there and I do volunteer and all stuff and all that stuff. And, but how it thinks that I am. And it's like, I don't fit in that profile. I, the AI is, I confuse the AI. Gives me a lot of hate. How to hate Trump in three easy ways. <laughs> Is that on your newsfeed? How to hate Trump in three easy ways. Yeah. Three easy ways to hate Trump. Yeah. These are yeah. the things you can hate Trump with with or for for while you're drinking how the morning dis- coffee. How, how to disprove Trumpers. Uh-huh. It's just a lot of lot of stuff that's just ridiculous. But okay, whatever. I, I, I don't I can't hate the man that I never met. It's difficult to do that. You know that? It's really difficult to do. Well, that. I feel like for Biden, people say you're hating on Biden. I'm just like, I'm not hating on Biden. I just feel that he's just being manipulated and put on put on the stand up there for another agenda. I think that's wrong. Extraordinarily wrong. Because uh, how, how many candidates do they have? 22, 25, 400? Something like that, yeah. I don't remember. And that was the best choice? Actually, I to be fair, I think that if they wanted to... If they wanted to really throw up a uh, a challenge for Trump and have a legitimate election without all the the mobs in the streets, all they had to do was put Bernie up there. So I'm seriously, that's my take. All they had to do was put Bernie up there, mm-hmm. and I, I think Bernie would have done well. Now, if here here's the thing, as an American, right, as somebody that believes in our electoral system and all that stuff, if Bernie legitimately, if Bernie legitimately won against Trump, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. I'm okay with that. Yes. I I will accept that. I don't like it Mm -hmm. because I know what it is, but... I mean, I, I I would accept that because that's our system. <laughs> is he going to give us his two t- his so two cents? What, is that what that is? So you wouldn't accept it if uh, Biden wins clearly right now. Uh, the only the only thing I, I wouldn't accept it if um if not he with if mail-in. not not with it, it's mail in voting. If there was no mail in voting, then yes, I would accept it. But it's it's that procedure that they've put in that we've never done before. Like, what? Why are you going through and you're changing the system now? Why? Because they, they know they have nothing. So, I mean, honestly, and and to be fair, look at these town halls, man. Look at these events that he's throwing on, uh, that he's throwing together. He can't even fill a high school gymnasium. I mean, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nothing to get excited to, about. To be, to be fair, they're all told if you go outside, you're going to die. You have to understand that. Okay. All right. My, his my, side, okay, on fine. his side is everyone's going to die fine. if you go outside. And Trump's but, side is... No one's going to get sick if you show up. Yes, but both reasons suck. That is no reason. That is no reason. You're, I'm sorry. I, I hate to sound harsh here, but your ignorance is not my problem. Okay. In in that, <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's what it is. Your ignorance is not my problem. That's not my problem. Mm-hmm. If you are too afraid to go out and and vote, but you're fine to go out and riot and loot and burn, then I, I, I'm sorry. If you're fine to go to Walmart. Then you can go to vote. You can go vote. This thing where we're sending out nine, ten ballots. Oh, yeah. The virus knows the difference. Remember, Uh, right, right, right. right. Of course, if you actually if you I heard this, if you actually if you actually sit down, then the virus knows to go over your head. So it doesn't actually it doesn't infect you. You know, Fauci has actually said it's safe to vote. He has. He's actually he has. said that. And so. he's a saint to, to those people on the uh, on, on the right. Left. He's a saint to them. All right. Well, speaking of social media, right, you got something on doom scrolling. Yes. Yeah, so for those that don't know, doom scrolling is essentially um, 
skimming through your social media feed and looking at the negative news uh, that's there, um, such as, I don't know, the, the lockdowns causing all businesses to collapse, um, COVID-19 uh, is going to kill us all, um, riots, you know, people getting killed, you know, all that stuff, you know, all, all the fun stuff that we talk about, right? If that's all you see in your in your social media feed, uh -huh. they're saying that this is uh, this is going to be damaging towards your mental health. If you spend hours and hours doing this a day, it's going to cause an increase in things like anxiety, depression, fatigue, you know, kind of the things we were talking about and, and saying was probably going to, you know, going to be a side effect of social media. And yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, experts are out now and saying, yeah, that's that's actually true. This is going to cause a problem. They're, they're saying that, yeah. that people are getting they're getting addicted to the negative news. I would argue that that's been a thing for a long time. People are into that. I mean, it's it, it's not just it's not enough to just be off of social media. It's not it, like social media is bad enough. It's the device itself. It's the tapping of the screen. It's the scrolling through things. That's that's what it is. It doesn't matter if it's social media or not. It's everything. When you scroll down through there, when you go through and you check an app, you check your email, you check uh, whatever. It's that addictive process of that that thing where you're tapping the screen. You're you're having to look at something. You're having to fidget something that develops a habit. It forms a habit. What are you laughing at as he mutes his mic? He said having to click things, having to grab things. It becomes a habit <laughs> as I'm I grabbing stuff. Did I say tap? Did I say I thought I said tap? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, but it's well, yeah. But I, I'm showing like I I talk with my hands. You know, I'm I'm actually showing the the other thing they're saying with this as well. If you're on social media an hour to half an hour before bed, they're saying that this will actually impact your entire sleep schedule that night. Like it can it can be a detriment towards your sleep. Uh, that that that's what their research is showing. So in other words, you know, at least an hour before bed, don't don't be on social media. Uh, honestly. I don't, I don't know, but most people I know, like an hour before bed, you're usually on your cycling downtime, right? And you do things that are, I mean, that's what I do anyway. You know, an hour before bed, I'm, I'm cycling down and getting out of the, uh, the, the nonsense, the rhetoric that we see every day, you know, getting out of it and just kind of cycling down and doing stuff that I enjoy or, you know, that's more chill and relaxed than going on social media. Yeah, and you know something? I, I can't get into the social media stuff. I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to do it. Like I advertise every day and I, I feel I feel bad. I advertise every day that we're on parlor. I just don't how do these people that are in like media and stuff, how do these people have the time for this stuff? How how is that possible? I mean, the, some of these people are on like two or three or four different platforms. I, I'm on one and I have no interest. None. And if, even if I did have a solid vested interest, I don't have time for that. Like I, I'm running around here all day and I'm like, I, I don't have time to post anything. I, I think about it from time to time. And I'm like, OK, um, you know, I, I should have. Uh, but it's after the fact. I always say, OK, well, I guess I should have posted something. But I I don't like it. I just don't care. So what? Wh where's the disconnect? You need to care. I need but the to problem care. is you become part, you, you got you become part of the system. You become part of this, you know, this machine where you're taking pictures of your food and you're posting it. You're taking pictures of your outside. You're taking pictures of the snow. You're taking pictures of your handwriting, whatever it may be every so often, every, every so many hours or whatever it may be. And that's how you get this, this regime going. Yeah. But I don't have any vested interest in, in putting myself out there like that. Like I don't want to put anything in my life out there like that. But if you're, just, you're doing it to your audience. You're, you're, you're wanting them to, you know, you're giving them more ways to identify with you. 
and understand you. But for personally, you know, like my, my own personal life, like I, th- like th- I, I don't want anybody to know that stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, you can't you can't intertwine the two. You have to keep some form of, of privacy. I mean, I know some people that have been in television, but they've kept their private life separate. Can you even do that anymore? No, you cannot do that anymore. You actually hire people to be you on Twitter, on these different. Uh, OK, so that's what format. they do. They have people that run their yeah. social media pages and accounts. Mm-hmm. Yes. OK. All right. Well, I guess I need to hire someone. Then. So, is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah, hire somebody yeah. that that'll do it for you, and because you got to constantly be out there, otherwise people will forget because they'll get zoned in and focused on somebody else. Goldfish. Yes. Well, you know, we've taken. Yeah, I, I heard something today. Uh, we've taken the human attention span. It, it was on average fifty years ago. It was on average at forty-five minutes, and we've reduced that to seven seconds. What were you saying? <laughs> you know, yeah, right, I know we that's talk right. about that. I know we talk about that, and and some of the research shows that. I don't entirely believe that because look at look at our listeners, for example. They can sit down and listen to an hour of us talking, right? I mean, they they have enough attention span to to hang in there and listen to that. That's true. You have yeah, other true. big shows out there that do podcasts uh, that are conservative or left leaning, either either side, either direction. Um, they have long, I mean, you know, look at Joe Rogan. He does crazy long podcasts and people can sit and listen to it. So, I yeah. mean, talk radio was really big not too long ago. It still is fairly big. So in a sense, I don't know. I mean, uh, personally, I like the longer in-depth. Like if I'm going to YouTube, I like the longer in-depth stuff, like documentaries and stuff. But these short little videos that they do, it's kind of difficult to, to because I, I usually, the, the video is over and I'm like, that's it. I, I want some more. Give me some more numbers, statistics, facts. Give me something else here. You know, you, you, you're leaving me hanging. No, I get it. I get it. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're right, though, about uh, about the longer podcast. I mean, I, I see some of the longer ones and I'm like four hours. Like you sit down and you do a podcast for four hours. That's crazy. That's crazy. I saw somebody doing one the other night. It was 11 hours long. How can you do a podcast for 11 hours? How? Like that? That's just insane. I mean, 45 minutes to an hour. 45 minutes to an hour. Like we we did we ran the numbers forty five minutes to an hour. I mean, if you if you include the morning show that we do plus the afternoon, that's an hour and a half worth of content every day. That we're putting out seven days a week. I mean, that's yeah, you know. Uh, so I, I get it, but it's split. You know, it's, it's split different release times and and different topics and things like that. Well, I mean, they do the same thing. They're not necessarily talking about one single thing all the time. And then, uh, as an example, kind of in the podcast vein, but not. I mean, it, it's. It's live content, right? It's it's content that people are putting out. Streamers, right? That are that are playing video games or whatever else the, that they do. They do that on eight hours, ten hours. Some of them do it like a twenty-four hour stream. I mean, some people do really long stuff on there, and that's that's essentially having a conversation with nobody. In in most cases, you know, it's usually just one, or sometimes they'll have friends on or whatever. So, I mean. People have the attention span. It just depends on if it's something they're interested in, I think is what it boils down to. If you're not interested in the topic that somebody's talking about, I mean, you, you typically space out, uh, depending on the kind of person you are, I guess. Unfortunately, we are out of time this morning, so we are going to have to jump out of here. So thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you for sitting down this morning, GP. Thank you to all the listeners. For all the topics more, please check us out later on this afternoon, and I hope everyone has a good morning.